Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi. Now, these are guys are faithful followers and stuff, but they know the circumstances going on around him. They know the situation. They said, hey, uh, you know, lately the Jews sought to stone you. You remember, it wasn't that long ago. and you were, This was a bad situation recently. And you are going there again? I mean, we're going to go back into this? You know, is, it, is that really a good idea? I think sometimes we forget who Jesus is. Commander of all of the forces of the universe. The Lord of hosts is his name. One of the names for God. The Lord of hosts which means commander of all the forces of the universe. You don't worry about people throwing rocks at you. (laughs) You know? You willingly give your life as a good shepherd for the sheep. Give your life for them. Going to the cross, you willingly do that because you laid your life down. No one took it from you. Though you could have called 10,000 angels, you could just, you spoke the world into being, you can undo it. You can speak it into not being. This isn't anything to him. Jesus answers them and says, are there not 12 hours in the day? Kind of gives them this practical illustration. You know, there's 12 hours of daylight. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. You know, there's, there's ability to see what you're doing and what's going on. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. Basically he's saying, there's, as him being the light of the world, he's saying, I'm here, there's work to be done, the night is coming, when the cross, when he faces the cross, there's, there's this day coming, his days in that sense were numbered, your days are numbered, The Bible says our times, the seasons of our life, are in God's hand, the psalmist said. Our times are in his hand. We can go and do and be active about our Father's business until such time as the Lord comes for us. We can be confident. We can trust God. This starts to eliminate the fear and the intrepidation of the things of this world that press in against us when we can rest and know that there's daylight still for us. God is working in this world today. I don't care how dark the darkness gets out there. That can make the little bit of light that's in within us shine pretty bright when there's total darkness around us, spiritually speaking. He says, there's a little bit of light. There's light. There's still time. I've got a work to do. I'm going to go do it. Lazarus sleeps. Our friend Lazarus sleeps. But I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciple says, Lord, if he's, if he, he, we know he, the message came. He's really sick, almost unto death. He's, he's not doing well. If he's resting, that's probably a good thing. Let's let him sleep. 
But Jesus spoke in verse 13 of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep, that he was just going to be rejuvenated by his rest. Isn't it funny? I love these guys because they're me, they're you, they're us. They're regular folk. They're hearing Jesus talking about these things, and, these, and Jesus is kind of talking certainly not above them, but of spiritual things. And if we could just tap into that concept that Jesus is trying to direct something in a spiritual way, that we could see it from the light, that, but we get so practical. Do you realize all of your circumstances, all of my, there's a spiritual element to all of it? There's an enemy that's trying to distract us from the, the business at hand that God's given to each of us? Do you believe that? That there's an enemy that wants to, to, to put fear into our lives? I love that concept that Satan is a paper lion. I really like that concept. He's a paper lion. All this noise and all this stuff, but he can't do it. To a believer, he can't really do anything but what the Lord allows. And if the Lord allows it, believe me, God's going to protect. No matter how much our minds are going into supernova overload mode, God can take care of us. God can watch out over us. They're thinking kind of in the regular stuff, but then Jesus said to them plainly, I love verse 14. Oh, Lazarus is dead. You know, in case you didn't get what I just told you, he's dead. You know, he just, I love that. He spoke plainly to them. Just straightforward, right to their, he's dead. So now, okay. Well, there's no hurry to get there now, I guess, huh? I mean, from a practical standpoint, from where these guys' minds are at. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Ooh, that's kind of hard to grasp. That you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. I think that's fascinating. Now, what's going on back at the shack there where Lazarus has died and now, you know, the, the family's just weeping and carrying on and everybody's all freaked out? Oh, man, we sent word to him. Can you just hear the discussion between Martha and Mary? We sent word to him. We let him know of our need. How desperate you and I can become at times. Man, I prayed, I sought the Lord, and just nothing happened. It's just same old, same old. I'm in the same struggle I've been in. Doesn't he hear? Doesn't he know? Oh, absolutely. This tells us absolutely. What did Jesus' word go, again, go back to the word what was the word spoken and said to them that Jesus sent back them? He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. That was what he said. That was the word that he spoke. I'm glad for your sakes. Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that we weren't there. I, that's hard to grasp. But his end result and where he's going with this is beautiful and perfect. You know, I think how often it is for us that we can find ourselves in misunderstanding about the things of God. How we can just misunderstand the heart of the Lord. Thomas, who is called twin, 
said to his, now, do you guys know who his twin is? I don't either. The Bible doesn't tell us who is. It's just that simple. So, well, that's, I don't know. Well, we get to the other side, I guess we can ask Thomas, who's your twin? You know, if it was important for you to know, you'd know. Thomas, who's called twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. You know, it's interesting as we look at Thomas, we say, oh, doubter, you know, doubting Thomas, you know. What are you, doubting Thomas? You know, I mean, you know, we get all this stuff going about Thomas, but man, this, this dude's pretty right on, really, when you think about it. Look at this guy. He has got a great commitment. Hey, let's go. Hey, if Jesus is going to get, get killed, we might, let's just get killed too. <laughs> you know, we've been running with him the last few years. We've seen everything that's going on. Let, let's just go. So he's a pretty committed guy. He's not, I think sometimes we sell him up the river pretty quick, you know, and maybe he's, he's a pretty right on guy, pretty cool. So when Jesus came, he found that they, in verse 17, that he had already been in the tomb four days. So now Lazarus has died, and you know what starts to happen after a few days of death. The body starts an interesting process called decay. It's not good especially when you just put somebody in a cave and you just put a sealed stone on it. It's pretty warm over there. It starts to stink. Simple fact. His body's decaying, starting to stink. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles. And many of the Jews had joined the women, women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out to meet him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you would have been here. Jesus, I sent word to you. I prayed about this situation. I sent word to you about this. And if you would have shown up on the scene, something very different would have happened. But now he's gone. He's dead. It's over. You know, is your circumstance and your situation over? Really? Is it really over? What about letting God continue to work in those matters, in those situations? Martha as soon as she hears, she runs out to meet up with Jesus and says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now then in verse 22, she says something very interesting. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. She speaks a powerful words of, of, of faith, believing that Jesus can do whatever he wants. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of of God, God will give you. So that's a, state, a great statement of faith. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. This is Jesus' response. Again, the words spoken to her are, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, oh, I know. Now, now check this out. I think this is great. She gets into this big theological thing. Oh, I understand all about that. I, I get it. How many of us were talking to Jesus plainly about a situation? If you're desperate, have you ever, anybody ever been desperate in matters of life? Only one of us, it's a couple of us maybe. Some of the rest of us just live in a state of desperation most of the time. But good for you, God bless you, I'm glad. 
But the reality is we all face desperate circumstances sometimes. And as we cry out to the Lord, as we seek God, God brings a response to us. And instead of clinging simply by faith to the response, we start to go into this other process. She starts to talk and have this discussion instead of just receiving him at his word. She gets into some theology thing. Oh, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am. Theologically, she's speaking something that's correct, but she's missing what Jesus is, is saying to her. Jesus says to her, no, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So it shifted from a theological viewpoint to a practical lifestyle. I think so much of our world today in Christianity, we need to shift from a mindset that says, oh yeah, I, I believe, I, I know, to shifting into this practical application that says, no, I believe God for these things. This is why when a believer goes from this life on and makes, you know, they change their address, they get their graduation day, they go be with the Lord, that yes, there's a grievous process because we have a loss of, of, of immediate contact with that person. But there's also this celebration that goes on, simultaneously a celebration that goes on because we know they've gone to be in the presence of the one true living God. And that's a powerful, wonderful thing to experience as a believer. It's difficult because you're kind of living both things simultaneously, the grief process and the other. It's kind of this. Martha is saying to Jesus, yeah, I know you are able. I know you can do whatever you want to do. But it really boils down to, but God, are you willing to do that for me? It gets pretty personal. That's where faith, the rubber hits the road. How's that? that that's where faith and practical life and all this contact starts to take place. Oh, I know about God. I've heard about God. I've gone to church. As a matter of fact, my grandma and grandpa helped start that, this other little church over here. And I was baptized there when I was 12. The question isn't any of that. It is this, simply. Where are you today in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? That's really the question today. Where are we at in faith today? Do I believe that he is the son of God? Oh yeah, I believe he's the son of God. Okay. How is that affecting you today? How is that affecting me today? How is that affecting our life and our lifestyle, our manner of living? How does that change me? How does that change you? Because I know he is who he is. I, I, I know that. I know he's able, as Martha's thinking. I know he's able. But are you willing to do this for me? So Jesus answers her and says, I am, which means the becoming one. The one who is able to become whatever your greatest need is. 
the one who is able to meet your need and my need, the one who knows our need before we even know our need. Her response is simple. She says to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. I believe you're who you are. But do you know that he's done what he's done for you? Simply, just for you. That if you were the only person on the face of the earth, Jesus would have come. He would have given his life for you because he loves you personally. Because he wants to have a relationship with you. What a beautiful, simple truth. And when Jesus had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him, responding to his call. And Jesus had not yet come into town, but was in the place where Martha met him. And then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw Mary, that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's interesting that she says the exact same thing as her sister. Hmm. It's an interesting thing to contemplate. She says and repeats the exact same thing as her sister. I like to be around people of faith. People that take God at his word I have much contact with many different people, you know, of all different sorts. But I guard my heart as to what I take in so as not to repeat things like that. This is just what they're thinking. This is their personal viewpoint. We've got to go back to what did Jesus say? Oh, the sickness is none to death. The circumstance you're in, the situation you're in, God is at work, and that's the thing to know. God is at work. Let him have his way. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You know, Jesus is looking at a situation here of the grief that all of humanity faces at the loss of a loved one. You see, this body, along with yours, not just mine, along with yours, is in a slow process of decay. At a certain age, all of a sudden you hit somewhere in your early 20s or so. You can push it out if you want. You can say a little bit older. It doesn't matter to me. But in a certain age, all of a sudden, you're going the other direction. <laughs> you're no longer developing the same way you were. Unfortunately, we continue to develop, but it's not in the same way we were. That's a simple truth. We live in a 
place where, in a time and space continuum where things are in motion, and ultimately sin entered in, and, and sin starts, we, won't, we don't live in this body forever the way it was designed originally to have ongoing forever and ever fellowship as Adam and Eve were created in the garden. That, that was, it was just going to be a, a continual thing. Well, it, it changed because sin entered in. And the reality is, is these bodies only last so long. It's that simple. Jesus sees what happens. Jesus sees their response. And he said in verse 34, where where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. He he wasn't crying over the the loss. He he knows exactly what's going to happen. So how could he be freaked out about anything? He knows what's going to happen. He knows they're going to see Lazarus again. He could be bummed for Lazarus. He's going to bring Lazarus back from where he is. I don't know. You know, seriously, who wants to come back? You get in the presence of the Lord, let's stay there. I don't want to come back. You ever get in those times where you're just fervent in this time, in this season with the Lord, and God's just moving in your heart, and you're just worshiping and praying, and all of a sudden, you know, some time's gone by, and you realize, man, I, I can't, I got to keep moving through life. I can't pitch my tent here in that sense. We want to walk in the spirit, but that, that place, well, here, this situation's got to bring him back. I love the fact that where was Mary when she came to him again? Would you notice this with me about a relationship with God? Would you please notice this? We find Mary again at Jesus' feet. We saw her in Luke's account. We saw her also in chapter 10, verse 39 of Luke's account, we saw her at Jesus' feet. She was elated that Jesus had come to visit. She was listening to Jesus' teaching. She was just hanging out at the feet of Jesus, you know, just worshiping and soaking in from him. These were good times. Lazarus was alive. We were just breaking bread and hanging out with Jesus. It was a good day, if you're willing. This situation, where do we find her? At the feet of Jesus And it's a grievous day. It's a day wrought with struggle and difficulty. But both are the times to be with the Lord. Sometimes we find ourselves when things are going good, we feel good about things. And so, gosh, I feel good about stuff. I'm going to go to church today and hang out around the other believers. And, you know, wake up, oh, I don't feel so good today. I'm just going to stay home, you know. But it's to be all times to be with the Lord, to be in his presence, to be in worship, to be connected with Jesus I love that aspect of her heart for the Lord and her worship. In good times and in in difficult times, being at the feet of the Lord. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening today. I know as God's word goes out, it accomplishes the purposes for which he sent it. And I know that sometimes... We hear a message like today's message and the Lord really starts to tug on our hearts. And if God's tugging on your heart and you've not been walking with the Lord and you want to get close with the Lord or you want to start a new life with Jesus, it's just a simple prayer away. You know, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, without the Lord, we're already perishing. We're perishing in our sin. We need a Savior. We need help. And, you know, I I know you know that. I know you're hearing that. I know you're sensing that. And this is your opportunity to call out to the Lord and ask him to be your personal Lord and Savior. So I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about having a relationship 
getting to know someone by introduction. And so this is an introduction. I want to introduce you to my friend Jesus, and he wants to make himself real to you. He loves you. He loves this world, and he loves you personally. He knows how many hairs you have on your head or how few you have. He knows what color they are. He knows the color of your eyes. He knows how tall you are. He knows everything about you. The Bible says that he loves you with a perfect love, and he wants you to believe on him and have everlasting life that you can spend all eternity with him. If you would, just pray this simple prayer of faith with me. Jesus, I want to open up my heart to you. Lord, I want to have everlasting life. I want to ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I humble myself before you, Lord. I know I need you. I know that I've fallen short and sinned in many ways in many areas of my life. And so I ask that you would just come in and make my life new. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for everlasting life that now is mine in you. I ask that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might walk with you and have life abundant. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you can be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, the service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains. Jesus, God.